expected one week to sit next to you. Come on. Oh, orang Malaysia tu pernah. Orang aich ni, yang kat tiri tu, nih kita kuda ini kiamat. Jodoh pernah, jodoh pernah. I waited one week to see you guys. May the Lord continue to bless and proclaim. Can I tell you the the beauty of a Christian church, the beauty of our church, the beauty of a Christian church, not just Zion, but the beauty of a Christian church as Zion included is that we are part of a victorious warrior. Hallelujah. Our leader on the cross, on the cross when everybody thought he is dead and there is no other hope, my God says, it is finished, which was the beginning of a new era. It is finished, which is the beginning of a new life. It is finished and he declared that with me, you can have a new beginning. Hallelujah. How many of you heard some failures last week? How many of you heard some setbacks last week or last month? But can I declare in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I stand on the holy ground to declare that my Jesus is the victorious warrior. On the cross, he declared, it is finished and I begin a new era. I begin a new life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So whenever we come to church, come with excitement. Come with excitement that I am going to the house of God. I am going to beat, meet with my brother. I am going to meet with my fellow family folks. And I'm going to sit in God's presence. Can I tell you, 9 o'clock we started our prayer this morning. The presence of God was so thick here. Those who were here and those who walked in, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was visiting one of our family members and this is what the auntie told me. Pastor Asi walked into the church. Something pulled us into it. This is the, honestly, and that auntie is sitting here. I won't take their name. But this is, they said, as the prayer was happening within the church, something pulled us into the prayer. Can I tell you something, my church? A church that understands the power of prayer. Anybody who walks into this double dose, their life is positioned to be a changed life. Why? Because there's a group of believers here. There's a group of family members here who declare in this house that Jesus and Jesus alone is the the King of kings and the Lord of lords of this house. We position ourselves. We position ourselves. Hallelujah. I don't know how you have positioned yourself today. Position yourself to receive from God. Position yourself so that your face will be radiant. Oh, come on. Position yourself. The way you position yourself is the way you're going to receive. Praise the Lord. People oftentimes pray for me. Pastor, you're God has already anointed me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God has already anointed me. Thank you for your prayers. But what matters the most is every single Sunday when I stand here, I stand here with, a, with an inspired word of God and God has already given to it to me. But it all depends with how hot your tawa is. Praise the Lord. I bring the batter. How hot your tawa is to make the best palapam or the best dosa, best dosa. Come on, are you with me? Is that true? Praise the Lord, is that true? I bring the batter here. But it all depends with how hot your tawa is. When we start worshipping God, when we sit in God's house in God's presence, all matters is God, prepare my heart so that I will receive from you. And when I return back from church, oh Lord, Father, with the word that the Lord has sent into my heart, with every single seed that has been shown into my heart, oh Lord, Father, help me that when I walk out that I will be fruitful. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
you know, what, what is a problem? I tell you, you know, I'm a little angry with my church today. I'm a little angry. With, bear with me. Bear with me. Only I could be angry this way, I guess. Um, yesterday, we had an outreach and nobody came. I'm very upset. Uh, next time it shouldn't happen. When we declare our outreach, I want you to be here. No excuses for that. Is that okay? Is that okay? Pray. Praise the Lord. When we declare outreach, please be here. You cannot walk outside in the hot sun. Doesn't matter. You can sit inside and start praying for the people who are going outside. Can we do that? Can we do that? Let's look, look to God's scriptures. Some of you will be upset with me. That's totally fine. You're not upset with me. You're upset with God. <laughs> this morning, I want to continue with God's word that I began last week and it was about when you decide, when you decide. Life's decisions are so important, so important that when you decide to do something, your entire senses have to come to an alignment to do that what you have decided. Praise the Lord. The way you decide on things is based on the information you get. Are you with me? The way you decide on things in the offices, you know, uh, business leaders, businesses, corporations, you know, the way they would decide on doing certain things in life is based on the information they have gathered. Are you with me? Is that true? Praise the Lord. Based on the information they have gathered. And you have to understand very carefully in a Christian life too, based on the information that was gathered in your life, that's how you have decided to follow Jesus because somebody passed on the information for a total transformation through Jesus Christ. Are you with me, church? Are you with me? Listen to this very carefully. Somebody passed on an information in your life that there's no other person like Jesus. And that's why Pastor Prince, you know, you might have, your family might have been in witchcraft and all those stuff. But then you, somebody passed on this information and that took a transformation and you made a decision in your life. No longer I will follow the gods of my family or forefathers, but I decide to have a total transformation in my life, you make decisions based on, based on information, information that is, that has been given to you. Can I tell you, a lot of relationships have been broken. I know good family life that was broken, good family life that was broken because of a false information that was given to both of them. Information is so important. Praise the Lord. So you have to understand one thing very carefully. If you are making decisions based on the information given to you, who are the ones that are giving you? Oh, come on. Help me preach this message this morning. Because this message, when the Lord was giving and was talking to God last entire week, and when the Lord was kind of giving me this word, He was asking me to tell people that understand those folks that have been giving you information. And you have been making foolish, dumb decisions based on the information given to you by so-called XYZ. Praise the Lord. If those informations have led you to take drastic decisions that has never allowed you to have peace in your family, for your own self, for your spiritual life, cut those people and their opinions and their information. Is that clear? Is that clear? Praise the Lord. Information helps you to take decisions. So you have to allow whose information are you allowing into yourself? Whose information are you taking in your life? Whose information are you allowing yourself to be feeding on? Allow it. 
Don't allow every information to change your life's transformation that has already happened. But allow. Prune those things out that is not relevant in your life, that are not necessary in your life. When you decide, things has to change. And only if you decide based on the information that is passed on to you. So allow what information comes to you. Praise. Are you with me, church? Are you with me this morning? Allow those informations. Let's look to the Lord through a scripture here. Genesis chapter 13, verses 10. Genesis chapter 13, verse 10. And this morning, uh, can I have my slides here? This morning as we are talking, um, I want to bring your attention towards the conversation that we tried to build here. That when you decide it's a part two, and the next slide would say that big doors swing on little hinges. Big doors swing on little hinges. Praise the Lord. Sometimes what we try to do in our life is try to make big decisions in our life. We want to make big, bold decisions in our life. But can I tell you, the big, bold decisions are really good that you try to make. But it all depends on the small decisions. The smallest decision that you have made as when you were born was probably that you started crying. The smallest decision that you made in your life that when you were born, when you just stepped out into the reality of the world, that not everything will be now spoon-fed to you, that everything will be easy and, 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 and you don't have to work hard, is when you walked out, when you stepped out, when you came out, that you started crying, the smallest decision you made. And based on that, your life as it progresses, many more decisions you have... Every day that we try to sit, we try to make big, bold decisions, which are really good. We need to make. But it all depends on the smallest decision that you make early in the morning to wake up. Praise the Lord. Early in the morning, we decide to wake up. So what happens? Because you decided to wake up early in the morning, I don't know, for some of us, early morning is 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And for them, late night is 5 o'clock. So it all depends upon what is your early morning. For me, early morning is something else that many of us won't have. I don't know about your conditions here. But early morning, we wake up. And that depends. And that actually accelerates every other decision that we are above to make. It's kind of a domino effect after that. In order for us to succeed in obtaining our bigger goals that we have set, it depends with the small decision that we make to wake up. And it follows after that. I'm just using an example here as waking up. But you could use what is those small uh, decisions that you make in your day-to-day life. Praise the Lord. People always complain and tell me, Pastor, I don't have that joy. Brother, you don't have the joy because you have positioned yourself. You have decided not to have joy. I don't have peace. Brother, you don't have peace because you have decided not to have peace. You have positioned yourself not to have. Simple. Praise the Lord. Brother, I don't grow in my spiritual life. Brother, you have positioned yourself not to grow. Change the course. Change your thought. Decide to do something out of the normal. Praise the Lord. You know, Malayali church, Indian church, or any church in general, an ethnic church, two songs, one 30-minute message, you are done for the week. Good, goodbye, pastor. We see you next Sunday. That does not change anything of your spiritual life. What are you ready to decide today? Lord, in order for me to have a better spiritual life, what am I ready to do? The small decisions will accelerate the big opportunities that could come in your life. Because oftentimes, big doors swing on little 
hinges. Have you seen the hinges on this door? There might be three or four. It's a big door, but it swings on those hinges. Praise the Lord. We oftentimes pray for, Lord, open the doors for me. But it opens up in small decisions that you make. Lord, open the doors for a better spiritual life for my family. It opens up with small hinges that you place in the door, on the door. Are you with me, church? Am I making sense here? Praise the Lord. The small hinges control the way the door will be opened or the door is shut. What are those small hinges that you see in your life, you identify in your life? Let it help you to grow from there you are and to where God wants you to be. Who is your standard? Where do you want to grow? Do you want to remain as a child all the time? No, you want to grow. I love walking with Josiah to restaurants. Because at restaurants, I see how much he has grown. At restaurants. Because last time I was at the restaurant and Josiah called the waiter. Kind of he embarrassed me at that moment. And he called the waiter and he asked, we were at the pancake place and he was asking for candies. I don't know why he was doing that. But I, what I understood at that point, at that moment was his growth he has grown to actually ask from the place that we were gathered around to what he needs he started asking for it small decisions he started making a small decision that i can get what i need yes of course my dad or my mom will get me but now i can order for myself i can get what i need if i just open my mouth and ask them guess what Guess what? I don't know if the, if the store sold candies or not, but they got him some candies. Why? Because he opened his mouth and he asked for it. Are you with me, church? Praise the Lord. Oftentimes, we don't receive because we don't ask. And that is our problem. We pray, God, you are not answering my prayer, brother. Did you ask? Did you ask? But here's our problem in a Christian church. Here's our problem here, right? When we ask, you know, God to give us something, what we try to do is we try to hold God's hand and we try to arm twist Him. I need it. Mm, I need it. Lord, I'm going to be three days fasting. I need it now. I need it. You better give me God. God is always scared seeing some people praying like this. I need it, God. I need it, God. I need it. God, you know, you know it. I need it now. You know my timing, God. I need it now. Praise the Lord. But when we ask God for a blessing, for a breakthrough to happen within our life, you got to always know, Lord, first you change my heart. It begins with a heart that is receiving. Because no matter what, if my son gets the biggest car, will he be able to drive? He won't be able to. Of course, I will be driving. But will he? No. There's no point in giving him that though. Right? Is that true? There's no point in giving him. Why? Because he's not grown enough to receive. So first, before we receive, we have to place our heart, surrender our heart, prepare our heart in the attitude and the posture of receiving from God. And that should happen before you ask the Lord. A self-small decision. Lord, change my heart that I may see, I may receive from you. Genesis chapter 13, verse 10 is where I want to ponder for some time. Genesis chapter 13, verse 10. This is how it goes. 
Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of Jordan towards Zoar was well watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. Two things, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. Verse 11, so Lot closed himself, chose himself the entire plain of Jordan and set out towards the east. The two men parted company. Who are the two men? Abraham and Lot. Abraham lived in the land of Canaan while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Now the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. We all have understood the Sunday school story from our you know, very beginner stages of our Sunday school classes. We may have heard this story, read those scriptures, but here's a classic example of two brothers, two friends, two relatives who had to choose ways, who had to uh, choose to leave each other. They chose to leave each other because each other's company, each other's people were having quarrels all the time. Praise the Lord. They're having misunderstandings all the time. Not, I mean, Bible doesn't say that Lot and Abraham were fighting. Bible talks about that the people, the servants were fighting. They were fighting for petty reasons. They were fighting for silly things. But sometimes God brings these kind of fights, misunderstandings, because if God does not want things to go united in the way it should be, He will actually bring those confusions so that people can move away. Are you with me, church? Praise the Lord. So Lot... And Abraham, Abraham, before his name was Abraham, Abraham and Lord is at the point here where Abraham asked Lord, Lord, you know, you know what? Look at the entire vast land. Look at the entire spans of land here. Decide for yourself what you want. Decide for yourself what you Mr. Lot walked outside, standing on the mountaintop. He looked and he saw the most colorful, the most beautiful. And as he is doing, I began my sermon today that you make decisions based on the information. So when he is looking at the valley, he, when he is looking at the city, when he is looking at things, what he is doing? He is gathering information. He is gathering information through his senses. He is Bible. You know, let's read that scripture again. Lot. Looked around. What does it mean? He's gathering information. He's looking outside in the world. He's gathering information with his own senses, with eyesight. He's trying to gather as much information as possible. And in the scriptures, we understand here that when he looked outside, when he is gathering information, what does he find? He finds a garden, a, a place like the garden of the Lord. Like the land of Egypt. Now here's the problem. Here's the problem. Sometimes we are ready to settle for things that looks just like it. But it is not exactly the way God intended it to be. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? When God wants you to be looking for the inheritance of heavenly garden. What is heavenly garden? Eternal garden. What is eternal garden? Huh? Everlasting life. Or heaven, which is the eternal Eden that God has placed for us. Is that true? Is that true? But what, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like Lord, we look around, we process through things, and we settle down, which looks like it, but it is not. It could look like it, but it is not exactly what it should be. Praise Lord. It looks colorful from the outside. It may look colorful and lush green from the outside, but it is not what God has actually wanted to be. 
If God wanted you to be in Eden, Eden is your place. Not anything just looks, looks like it. Are you with me, church? Am I boring you this morning? People are ready to satisfy. People are satisfying in our generation with things that just look like it. Just look like it. No, no. Move into the next. We don't have to settle down for just like it. That's not why Jesus died on the cross. That's not why Jesus paid his price, paid the price to bring us back into the sanctification, to redeem us back in being one with God. Why? So that you and me can have an eternal hope at the trumpet's call. When we shall hear the Lord's coming, you and me will be transformed and be part of the eternal Eden that God has placed in our life. Are you with me, church? Eternity is our perspective. Everlasting life is what we must be looking out for. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord looked around. When he looked around, he found things that are just good. But when Abram looked around, he found Canaan. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Abram found Canaan. And here is, here is Lord who just looking, was looking for something to satisfy his today. Something to satisfy his tomorrow. Something to satisfy one month. Something to satisfy. You know, we, we oftentimes look for momentary satisfactions. And we make our decisions based on those informations gathered. But God in the Bible wants us to be more of an eternity per, uh, purposed human being. Eternity. Our eyes are focused on eternity. Our eyes are focused on things that are not carnal here, but our eyes are focused on things that are not of the world, but He wants us to be partakers of the eternity that God is placing in our life. Are you with me, church? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do we have that focus? The Lord, if Jesus, honestly, if Jesus comes back right now, right now, do we have the fear, Lord, that I will be with you? Do we have that thought that, Lord, I choose you? And when I hear that trumpet call, I will be transformed to be with my Lord. Can I tell you, church, there are many churches, mainline churches, many churches out of the world, but that what separates us as a Christian church, us as a Christian church, is our hope in God that when He comes back, we will be transformed and we will be with Him. Eternity, eternity, that should be our goal. Lord, you looked around, you gathered the information. Yes, that looks like the garden of the Lord. Yes, that looks like a good, beautiful place. But that is not where God wants you to settle down. God wants you to look at for heaven. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If some of us have the perspective of eternity then the things that we do, the things that we talk, the things that the way we behave, the places that we go and hang around, all and everything will change. Why? Because our eyes are focused on nothing carnal. Our eyes are focused on the perfecter of our faith, who Jesus Christ is. As Hebrews would help us to understand, I look to the Lord. My eyes are fixed on Jesus Christ, the finisher, the perfecter of my faith. And I look to Him. I walk with Him. I walk by 
behind him. The world may despise me. The world may push me down. But my eyes are fixed on God. Hallelujah. My eyes are fixed. Lot looked around. What did he find? He gathered information. Based on his information, he made the biggest, the dumbest, the foolish decision ever in his life. Based on the information he gathered, what happened? We see his life. Everything was destroyed. Everything was destroyed. And out of him, two enemy nations later on for Israel came out. Who are the two enemy nations? The Moabites. Huh? The Ammonites. They came out of. Why? Because of the foolish, dumbest decision one guy made. Listen to this very carefully, church. Parents especially. Children, you too. The decisions that we make impacts the next and the generations to come. Are you with me? Let me ask clear response. Any decision that you make, any decision that you make, it impacts your life, your children, and their descendants to come. Are you with me, church? Praise the Lord. I met with... Uh, I met with recently, I was counseling and I met with somebody. I'm not going to share that. It's okay. Let's, 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 let's move forward. <laughs> Don't make permanent decisions. Don't make permanent decisions based on temporary feelings and emotions. And a lot of us are doing, doing that for the momentary blessing, for a momentary satisfaction, for a momentary you know, uh, 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 everything looks like we make permanent decisions based on that. And for the decisions that you make, your life is going to be questioned. Because maybe the children or maybe the family member that God brings in your life, their life is also becoming questionable because of the decisions that you have made. Recently, I was, I'm going to share this story though. Recently, I met with somebody. <laughs> it's funny, you know, when, when sometimes when I talk to people, sometimes when I talk to people, I pray, God, let there be a thunder in this house right now. Praise the Lord. But again, again, it is the Holy Spirit that helps people to understand the foolish decisions that they have made. And it is the Holy Spirit that convicts them to have a complete changeover in their life. But what is my problem? That, that is the story that I'm going to share. I was meeting with somebody recently. They understand the foolish decisions that they have made, the choices they have made when they were young, when they were uh, uh, a single, uh, and they have carried on with it in their married life. They understand it, but they're not ready to change it. And that's when I pray, God, please come back as soon as possible. This is too much to handle. Kartave, e panapatram. Praise the Lord. Are you with me, church? When we understand the mistakes we have made in the past, a good person will never make the same old mistakes. Because you always want to grow from your mistakes. You want to have a step over it. When you walk into the same kind of scenarios, when you see, you know what? Five years ago when I did this, this were the consequences of it. I am not going anywhere close to that. I want to stay as far as possible from those foolish decisions that I made five years ago. Are you with me, church? Because whatever you decide, your family members have to go through that. Your descendants have to go through that. Praise the Lord. 
in marriages a lot of marriages are crumbling today because of the foolish decisions that single people have made in their life two singles come together and become one in Christ but the foolish decisions they made when they were single praise the lord decisions don't settle down for momentary blessings don't settle down for momentary pleasure oh praise the lord pray to god lord i don't want to gather information with my eyesight i want to gather information with the insight insight praise the lord i no longer want to gather information yes when i look around i see the tall person and that's what Samuel was doing. Samuel was trying to find out the tall, the hefty, the good-looking person as the king of Israel. But you know what God said? You look on the outside, but I look in the... It, tune in with the lenses of God and start having an insight about the things that you see. And you make some choices for your own life. Big doors often swing on small hinges. What are those small decisions that you're making for your own... Come on, church. For your own personal life for own personal life honest question are you satisfied with the way your christian life is going if you're satisfied there's a big danger because nobody has ever known the closer you get in the relationship the more beauty of the person is revealed the closer you walk with the person the more beauty the closer you have conversations Praise the Lord. Don't be satisfied. Always have that energy within yourself that pushes you towards coming closer to God. Choosing for what is right. Making some good decisions over your life that changes the trajectory of your life forever. Decisions based on eternal life. Lord, help our church. Help our life. Help the leaders here. Help the youngsters here that we fix our eyes on Jesus, the unshakable, the unsinkable. Oh, we fix our eyes on Jesus, the perfecter of our faith. Everything else is sinking sand. But I look to the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And I know my help comes from Him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Genesis 13, 10. Let me go very quick. Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of Jordan to a Zohar was well watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. There are two things here. One, the garden of the Lord and the land of Egypt. I'm not taking time in explaining all into the details of that. Verse 11. So Lot chose himself the entire plain of Jordan and set out towards the east. The two men parted company. Now, Abram lived in the land of Canaan. Oh, I pray that our church decides to live in the land of the Canaan. To decide to live and be part, be part of the eternal Canaan that God has placed. While Lot lived among the cities of the plain and what I want you to understand, if you have your scriptures with you, underline that, and pitched his tents Near, <laughs> pitched his tents near, sorry, brother who is very close to you today. Praise the Lord. Where have you pitched your tent? 
And Lord, you looked everything so good. But you pitched your tent so close to Sodom. It doesn't tell us that he was inside Sodom. It was just very close to Sodom. How close do you get where there are people who have wicked minds and wicked attitude? You know what? I love the scripture. We are not of the world, but we are in the world. We are not of the world. We are, am I, did I say it correctly? We are in the, yeah. We're not, we, we've got us places in the world, right? He has placed us in these places. Why? So that we can be your salt and light. So that we can be salt in this place. But can I tell you, the saltiness of Sodom and Gomorrah was so powerful that it wrecked Lord's entire family. Mm. The saltiness of Sodom and Gomorrah was so powerful that it wrecked Lord's family completely. What happened to Lord's wife when she just looked back? What happened? She became a pillar of salt. Praise the Lord. You are appointed as the salt in this earth. You are the influencers that God has placed you to be. Wherever God places you, you make every biryani good. You make every sambar good. Oh, I was with somebody yesterday. You make every fish curry taste so good. Come on, somebody. Because of the, the salt you put into it. Praise the Lord. If you, somebody wants to cook food, some of our ladies would understand. Auntie, biryani, when you make biryani, how much salt do you put? Do you put one kg salt? One pound? No, please, next time when you put, don't give me, but you make it. One pound. What do you do? You put a little bit. And the little bit mixes up. What happens? It changes. There's a new flavor to it. Praise the Lord. During our English worship, what happens? We dim our lights for the aesthetics and for the live stream and different purposes that we do. We dim our lights. But just for the light, what we do after the worship practice, after the worship set, what we do? We bring the lights on. But do you, because the light went off, do you come and burn all the curtains here? No, no, there is no light. Or, for example, that's kind of a controversial concept. Let's take your house setting, you know. You know, if, you, <laughs> if it is your house, <laughs> in your house, when you have a power cut, right? When you have a power cut, you just have to light up a small candle. You don't light up your entire, you don't put fire on. This sofa, I'm going to burn it up completely because I don't have any light. Do you do that? No, just one candle is enough. God has placed us in this world. We're not off the world. We are off Him, for Him, belonging to Jesus Christ. But He has put up the ingredients that bring flavor and change the atmospheres here. Change the atmosphere. We are influencers that God has placed us here. We are the salt of the world. Let the salt of yours mix with the world and let them have a new flavor. But what happened to Lord? He pitched his tent so close to Sodom. What happened? Everything of his family was destroyed and wrecked. And that is the question I want to ask our church this morning that as we return back I hope this entire week or as long as you remember the scripture where have you pitched your tent where have you pitched your tent your decisions change your life and it changes your family's future forever Lord's life changed his life 
and destroyed his entire family forever. Where have you pitched your tents? Amen. In literal terms today, some of us have pitched our tents very close to social media. Some of us have pitched our tents very close to some phone calls that are not relevant and necessary in our life. Some of us have pitched our tents so close to, so close to, so close to things that are not relevant and meaningful that will never help you, never help you come closer to God. Can I tell you, switch it off. Get closer to God. Turn it off. Come closer to God. Take your tent and run away from Sodom and Gomorrah. Never ever pitch your tents anywhere close to anything that looks so good and green. But it is never Eden, that eternal Eden that God has actually placed for you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We are satisfied with what looks like it. No, be satisfied for what actually is. When God wants to give you the best, why do you have to settle down for? Are you with me, church? Praise the Lord. And Lord pitched his tent near Sodom. Everything changed in his life. Can I have a worshiping behind me? Everything changed in his life. Everything changed in his life. Everything that he belonged to or belonged to him changed in his life. Why? Because he made a dumb decision to pitch his tent closer to things that can actually take him out. Take him out. But as you listen to my words this morning, I pray that these words will be as convicting as possible. That take your tent and run away. Find yourself in the garden of God Almighty. Fight your, find yourself in the garden, the eternal garden of God Almighty. You are like a planted, you are a tree planted in the garden of God. And the river that flows from the sanctuary, oh come on, I am speaking prophetically into somebody's life. You are like a tree planted in the garden of God Almighty. Don't find your roots in some other place because God has already placed you in the garden where you have eternal life, where your leaves will never wither away, where you will have fruits in every season. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We have been planted in this garden. We have been planted in this garden. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Understand the eternity and the eternal life that God has placed for each one of us. Some people tell me, Pastor, I die and I go to eternal life. No, brother. No. You died when you took water baptism. You died when you went under the sea, under the water. What happened when you went under the water? Can I have somebody here? Jesse, come here. Fast, fast. Come here, come here, come here. Come here. That's an example. But I pray soon he'll be baptized too. What happens when he baptizes? What happens when we baptize him? What happens? What happens? Can you go down? Like as if, as if you just lie down, lie down. Lie down as you, just lie down. Face up, yes, good, good. What happens? He's dead. The old man is dead. The old person is dead. And when you come up, what happens? What happens? A new life. And a new life he's already began. 
to walk with Jesus. His eternal life has began. Not after he has died. Yes, of course. Thank you. Literally. But when you go down in that water, you die for your sins. When you come back, you choose, you decide that I will walk in the ways of God because now I am walking in eternity. And that's why I am in the world, but I am not of the world because I have been rooted. I have been planted on the eternal God and that God has placed me. Somebody help me preach this message this morning. Hallelujah. I have decided. Oh, Jesus. Somewhere, last week when the Lord was talking to me, and yesterday night when I was praying, listen to me very carefully. Some of us have drifted away somewhere. Listen to me very carefully. All eyes on me right now. Some of us have drifted away somewhere. We have lost our focus on eternity. I am sorry, but church... So younger brother, as a leader of this house, I declare, let us look back to the saving grace. He alone is our redeemer. He alone is a soon coming king. At the trumpet's call, I will be with him. Can we rise up in this house? At the trumpet's call, I will be with my king. At the trumpet's call. I find myself planted in the eternal garden. I find myself. My eyes are fixed on Jesus.